Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. It is the last Prospects After Dark before we get into Thanksgiving, uh, before the holiday season picks up. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese from Virgo Black and Prospects After Dark. Uh, I was trying to say After Dark, and I've already messed that up, so welcome to the program. We're all in pretty good shape. Uh, Derek Iwin says, hey, nerd. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I, uh, I've upgraded my, glass, my glasses situation last uh the last prospects after dark um we're in the black horn rooms hey right horn rims uh hey what's up ryan Schulz? so sorry uh just to preface this prospect after dark hey ben sarudi uh this whole glasses thing is still throwing me off to preface this my brain is uh uh in a weird place because i've been working so hard on adding gifts and stats into my position rankings uh that'll debut at birds on the black on friday black friday one a day for eight days uh, that like I'm I'm caught up in stats. I'm caught up in words, and I'm gonna stumble over myself. I apologize. Johnny G says nice glasses. Uh, Snoop Dogg says what's up, pimp? What's up, yo? Uh, what do we want to talk about tonight? Look, I'd like to say that there's a lot to talk about, but there isn't. Tell me what you're drinking. Tell me about Thanksgiving. Tell me what you're excited for. Tell me about the prospects. Let's get talking. Let's talk about anything. Blake Rocket said get some blue uh some blue light blocker lenses. They work miracles. No, I've heard about this. Uh, I've also I've had a lot of great suggestions about glasses. I've heard a lot of people say get polarized. Mine are transition. These are transition. The other pair, they're cheap. They're not. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel privileged to be a part of the glass club, and I'm doing my best to do a Ricky Vaughn, Ricky Wild thing Vaughn impersonation. Uh, let's see. So excited for Friday from Ben Cerruti. Yeah, you know, Ben, it's funny. As, uh, as I was counting up how many prospects I had done write-ups for, uh, uh, for the prospect position rankings, and... I, I've done 75. There's 77 prospects talked about. Two of them are not really just hit on. Uh, I might end up pushing it to 80 because I kind of want to write about three more draft prospect or draft drafted pitchers, but I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about how much time I'm going to have to be able to do it. Um, anyways, I was thinking about you because I know that you love this stuff. I know all of you love this stuff, this stuff, and I hope you enjoy what I have in store for you. Again, every player has at least one gift. Uh, every player has stats. Uh, every player has a little bit of information that I might find interesting, and I hope that you find interesting. So again, on Friday at Birds in the Black, uh, this is probably the thing that I am most proud of that I've done so far at Birds on the Black and with prospects in general. Uh, as I spit all over myself, I'm already a disaster, and I haven't even drank anything. I'm going to get some water. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that Four Roses is basically the official bourbon of Prospects After Dark. I'm going to have to email them and try to convince them to sponsor us. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad Ben's excited for Friday. I hope everyone is. Take them off and squint from Johnny G24. Maggie Ladley says, oh, Al had surgery on Wednesday on his ass. Maggie, welcome to Prospects After Dark. I hope my buddy Al is fine. Uh, the, Al, the amazing pupper. Uh, I hope he's fine and I'm thinking about him. Derek says, hardest working man on the internet. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I've watched pornography. Uh, Jason A. Schirner says, so many outfielders, so few openings. Yeah, that's at the major league level for sure. And, you know, uh, I would say that the Cardinals' depth in the minor leagues and the outfield is still strong beyond, you know, the the, uh, uh, the Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, Randy Rosarena, Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, uh, Quintuffecta or whatever. Uh, but it's not as big or not as strong as it's been in, in the past years. But you're right. Look, the Cardinals have a clusterfuck of outfielders that they have to sort out. Uh, for maybe one, possibly two, potentially three outfield spots at the major league level next year. And I'm anxious to see how it all boils down. Uh, Glass Club, baby. Yeah, there we go, MLB Trades. What's up, Pad Kingdom from Sam Smitty? What's up, Sam Smitty? How are you, bud? 
John Jake 24 says, what is the nerd shit I'm watching? Hey, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I was a super nerd even before we started doing the glasses thing. So don't pretend like this is something new for you. Ooh, uh, Snoop Dogg is drinking Avery Brewery, Avery Brewery White Rascal. That's a great beer. Noah Snelson says, name two prospects you think have breakout years. Brendan Donovan is the first one. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of weird things. And I've, I've said it now for two or three weeks. This question's been asked. And he's the guy that I've kind of hung my hat on. Uh, you know, he, he had a couple of weird month things here and there. But I love his approach. I love his ability to hit for all fields. I think he can play second. I know he can play second. I know he can play third. I think he can play short in a pinch. I just love his approach and his feel for the barrel uh, and his willingness to just do whatever he ta it takes to get on base. There's still some things he needs to work out, but I'll say he has a breakout year. Uh, I Obviously, Mateo Gill is working his way up uh, everyone's prospect ranking. Uh, shortstop, son of a former major leaguer, uh, Benji Gill. Uh, uh, he's a name worth, worth keeping an eye on. You know, pitcher-wise, and everyone's obviously, look, Ivan Herrera is a name that everyone should know everyone needs to get to know that's fun that's fine i'm glad that people are getting to know him uh pitcher wise you know I, I don't know if there's like a breakout you know tommy parsons has already broken out fagalde i like a guy named michael baird i just don't know what kind of uh, uh opportunity he's gonna get you know uh, cody whiteley's already hit the 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 stage ben yokely's a name to keep an eye on uh, from a relief pitcher standpoint uh, I think Logan Gragg and uh, uh, Jack Ralston of the drafted pitchers have a chance to really burst onto the scene. Uh, and those are just a couple names that are floating around in my head right now. Adam Blackburn says, it seems many are advocating for signing a lefty, a lefty outfield bat to platoon. Uh, let me start over. It seems many are advocating for signing a left-handed outfield bat to platoon. Your thoughts? Look, I don't care. I, I think we over-invest in what, handed, what handedness people are. Give me your best hitters. Like, I, you know, Corey Dickerson, I like. I know our good friend Graham and our prospects after dark chat has talked a lot about Corey Dickerson. I can see that. I like that. It all depends on the price. What I want to see is I just want to see the best players playing. Uh, I think that the Cardinals have some good players, maybe not on Corey Dickerson platoon level good, uh, but I just want to see those guys get a chance before we start calling in uh, the reserves for a platoon situation. The other issue with the platoon situation is a platoon situation has to be handled exactly right. And Mr. Schilt was manager of the year. He earned that. He deserved that. He had a great year managing. Uh, but I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. I don't know how comfortable I feel with any manager these days being able to handle a platoon situation. VHS says, does Helsley have the arsenal to be an MLB starting pitcher? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what we've noticed with Yadi or Molina in particular is that Yadi uh, likes to stick with what works. So, like, you'll, you'll see a Helsley use his fastball and his cutter and then, you know, the, the curveball – not so much. He does the same stuff with Jordan Hicks. Like, he'll go fastball slider with Hicks, but he won't let him throw his changeup. Uh, Dakota Hudson. Remember, Dakota Hudson went used his, his two-seam, his sinker, way too much at the beginning of the season. And that was part of the reason why he was getting busted. Uh, it was just cutter two-seamer. I do believe that Helsley has the arsenal. Look, his curveball needs to be used more. Uh, when it's utilized the way it's, it's capable of being utilized, it's a devastating pitch. His changeup is underrated. The problem with his changeup and his cutter is sometimes they find the middle of the plate and that never works out well. But I believe he does. Uh, I think all of his stuff is average at worst. And uh, I'd love for him to get the opportunity to start. Ashley says, wow, 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 look at those glasses. Hello, Ashley. I hope you're having a good time over at Christie's. Uh, the Brewers are in major trouble at catcher. Uh, as of right now, yeah, I'll tell you what, that's a team that I like to see. If I'm a Brewers fan, sign Matt Wieters. Why not? Uh, but, yeah, losing Grandel is tough.
S. More Prep says, you get that donut. Yeah, bae, I get that donut. Uh, Derek says, are the Braves the only team that are going to do anything? LOL. Yeah, the Braves and the White Sox. That's it. One team from each uh, 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 league is allowed to make uh, trades. That's it. Trades and signings at a time. So once the White Sox and Braves are done, everyone else can jump up. Eat dick. Absolutely. Put it in my mouth. Best coach in our MLB system. I don't know, man. The, the minor league coach thing is so hard. You know, uh, Joe Bell isn't there anymore. I, I, there's positive things about everyone. But, you know, I, I like Joe Cruzel, but I, I wouldn't call him, like, a great coach per se. I know that he's highly regarded and highly respected and highly thought of throughout the organization. Uh, it's like that at every level. You know, but, but the best coach at the minor league system, you know, there's not like a stubby clap, a guy who has a chance to be like a major leaguer uh, 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 coach in the long run. You know, there's not really a Mike Schilt down there. Uh, they're just kind of adjusting as they go along. I, I, that's, you know, that's one thing. The Cardinals had a really bad season at the minor league level, and their coaching might not necessarily have been the best this year. Uh, probably not fair for me to say, but I do like the coaches, the coaches on the staff. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, who is the 2020 Springfield star? Avon Herrera. Yeah, I, I think that you could probably bank on Avon Herrera and Luke and Baker being the catalyst of the offense at Springfield. That, that's my guess. Uh, Pitching-wise, probably Alvaro Cejas would be my guess. Ben Cerruti says, read an article on Cody Whiteley, your 30 seconds or less version of him as a prospect. Yeah, you know, Ben, we've talked about Cody just a little bit. You know, he's a big boy. Uh, drafted in the 26th round, I believe. Had Tommy John surgery. Uh, from what I understood, you probably would have gone between rounds 10 and 15 uh, prior to having Tommy John surgery. He has kind of a quirky mechanic. It looks a little bit like a combination of Ryan Helsley and Gio, Gonz uh, Gio Gallegos, rather. Uh, he throws a really, really good arsenal. It's his, his, uh, his fastball gets in the mid-90s. I haven't seen it tick up higher than 96, but I've heard it gets higher than 96. His slider-cutter-curve combo is not bad. I haven't seen him throw a changeup that often, but I've heard he's throwing a changeup. Uh, he's going to be on the Dirty 35. I'm going to be honest with you. as I My current ranking on the Dirty 35, uh, Whitley is 20... I don't know where I have him. I can't find him up there. Uh, but anyways, he's in the 20 to 30 range. Uh, actually, I didn't put him on there, and I've got to put him on there. Um, uh, but he's a really good pitcher who is probably just uh, somewhere in between effectiveness of John Gann at the end of the season and Gio, Ga Gio Gallegos at the end of the season. I like him a lot. He's going to be a major league uh, a bullpen option moving forward. Golf78 says, do you think Martinez makes more starts or relief appearances this year? Hopefully starts. You know, the Cardinals have every intent of having him stretched out to be a starter at the beginning of the year. And if that's their intent and how they want to use him, then hopefully it starts. I think that's the best thing for the Cardinals. I think it's the best thing for Martinez. Uh, and I think that that pays off in the long run for the Cardinals better than anything else. Noah Nelson says, you going to come down to Springfield. I promise. Look, my goal this year is I, I promise I'll be at, I promise I'll be at Peoria, uh, Springfield, Memphis. I'm going to try to get to Palm Beach. I'm going to try to get to State College. I'm going to try to get to Johnson City. We'll see. But I promise I'll make at least one trip to Springfield, Memphis, and Peoria. Uh, Jason Schooner says, uh, should we take anything from the Jake Woodford, uh, I'm going to say addition on the 40-man? Well, remember, Jake Woodford had to be added to the 40-man to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. So just what I would take from it is the Cardinals do expect him to contribute in 2020, uh, even had they not added him to the 40-man. Uh, but that this gives him a clear path to the majors and an easy path to the majors. And I would imagine we'll see him, whether it be uh, in a Dakota Hudson 2018 role or a Dakota Hudson 2019 role, something like that. Blake Record says, the Cardinals outfield logjam is weird because it's a logjam that they created themselves. 
yeah, that's the thing about the Cardinals and the roster. Look, for, for two and a half years now, I've been trying to write this article that I call the roster of redundancies because the Cardinals have this amazing ability to just kind of have the same guy uh, in their system. And then the guy behind him is the same guy in his system. And the guy behind him is the same guy in the system. Like, you know, there really isn't a lot separating Harrison Bader and Lane Thomas and Randy Rosarena and Tyler O'Neill. They all have their little quirks and what makes them better and more intriguing than the other. Uh, but there really isn't a whole lot separating them. And, you know, Ron Hill Jose Martinez, redundancy. Uh, Urias, Sosa, uh, Munoz, redundancies. You know, even the major league roster is kind of a redundancy. Like, they don't have a lot of standout guys. They kind of have, like, the same level guy uh, everywhere. And this has happened for years and for years and for years. So that's a really good point. But that's that's why I like to say that the Cardinals have players in their organization that have more value to them than any other org- like than any other organization. And that's why they have trouble trading the players. Uh, let's see. Book of Dano says, how is Daryl Jones going to be this year? Oof. Just a rough, rough turn of events. You know, Daryl Jones is always a really interesting prospect to go back and look at. You know, he was on the future game roster, and it was always, like, projecting his athleticism, projecting his athleticism. Like, if he can just hit his athletic, like, his athletic ceiling, then everything's good. He's going to be a player. You know, you would see little signs here and there where you're like, oh, maybe this guy does have it. But the truth is, he just never hit his ceiling. He never hit uh, uh, what he was capable of doing. And that goes to show you how tough it is to project prospects. Like Reichert said, a marginally talented logjam at that. There we go. Zach Wheeler, yes or no? I'm for signing Zach Wheeler. I don't think the Cardinals do. Look, uh, I would expect the Cardinals offseason to be quiet unless they find a trade partner that that absolutely works out for them. Where the Cardinals will succeed this offseason is waiting for the market to fall back to them. Uh, again, the last two or three offseasons, what's happened? Uh, guys fall through the cracks. Guys don't get multi-year contracts. Guys settle for one- or two-year contracts. Uh, and that's the position that the Cardinals are in. I think that's a position and what the Cardinals want. Uh, was this year the ceiling for the current core? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, it depends on what you mean by ceiling. Like, if you're talking about wind ceiling, uh, the current core, yeah, I think so. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that the Cardinals, uh, they had a roster that underperformed this year. And to me, a lot of those, like, most of the guys underperformed. And to me... When you think about it and you're rational about age and what you saw from their un- from their performance to cause them to be an underperformer, there really isn't a whole lot of surprise there to me. You know, I wouldn't have expected Matt Carpenter be, to be as bad as he was. Uh, but other than that, like, like as bad as he was, I expected some type of regression because what we saw in 2018 was a guy who played good for six to eight weeks, and that was it. Uh, so I think potentially. I think the one big thing is if Carlos Martinez can segue into the starting rotation, I think that that changes what the Cardinals uh, uh, can cap at. I think if the manager is aggressive about using the best outfielders and Edmund at third, and Edmund at short, too, to spell the young a little bit more, I think that changes uh, uh, the ceiling for the current core. But remember, the current core of Matt uh, Matt Carpenter, rather, Yadier Molina, Paul Goldschmidt, like, those three guys are old. Dexter Fowler is kind of old now. So it's hard to believe that they're going to end up having like career years uh, at their advanced stages. Maggie says, Major League players' prospects most likely to be subject to trade this offseason. You know, Maggie, I would say that any of those outfielders, you know, Randy Rosarena, Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill, probably not Harrison Bader. It seems like the Cardinals love Harrison Bader. I would think that they're up. You know, we talked about Jake Woodford a little while ago. Jake Woodford could be an interesting prospect in a trade if you're looking to upgrade. You know, I think Andrew Kisner would make the most sense, uh, especially if they're willing to give Yadier Molina whatever he wants. And I would suspect that they give Yadier Molina whatever he wants. 
But those are the names that come to my mind. You know, Jose Martinez is an interesting name. I don't think they trade him because I don't think he has much value other than to clear a 40-man spot for a guy who's years away, if, if close to being a major leaguer at all. That's my guess. T.D. T. Dacus says, the logjam to me means they don't have anyone separating themselves. Uh, makes me less excited. Yeah, so I agree with what you're saying. But the, anyone separating themselves is also kind of a misnomer because those players have to be given the opportunity to separate themselves in order to separate themselves. And instead, what we saw is we saw Harrison Bader continue to get at-bats. Uh, we saw Tommy Edmond, who should have been playing third every day, playing in the outfield. Uh, uh, and Dexter Fowler kind of tread water at the same time. You know, I would agree with you if, if the opportunities had been presented and the opportunities haven't been presented. When uh, Tyler O'Neill played a month straight while Marcelo Zuna was on the injured list, he was actually pretty good. Uh, projected about out projected out about as good as the season Marcelo Zuna had this year. So uh, Ling Thomas, you know, he had a good, a good showing before he broke his wrist. Randy Rosarena was solid in the time that he was given. Uh, but your point is valid. I just think that it should come with the caveat that the players need to be given an opportunity to perform uh, while other players aren't performing. MILB guy says, can't wait to cover the Cardinals prospects in 2020 and beyond. Uh, Cardinals have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. No questions asked. Well, I will say that I like the Cardinals farm system, but I will also say it's probably the weakest it's been in years. And I view it as like a back 15 system. You know, I've always been a bit of a homer when it comes to this, but just looking at it realistically, uh, you know, I, I think you're talking about 15 to 20 in there. Now, with a good season from Nunez and Fletcher and Romeri and Torres, uh, uh, Gorman, uh, Herrera, like, it could definitely jump up. But the Cardinals pitching was so absent last year, you know, that's why they drafted so many pitchers in the draft, uh, uh, that that could be the difference uh, to getting back in the top 10. Ethan Klusner says, Packers are on. I'll listen to the podcast version. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Ethan, to you guys. Uh, Sammy Smith says, what's the status of Gomber? If good odds of him as fifth starter, if Carlos isn't ready, uh, you know, from what I understand, he's, he's approaching this offseason healthy and ready to go. Just like the prospect that will not be named uh, Alex Reyes, as we name him uh, is, you know, I would think again, I believe that that spot goes to Carlos Martinez, but say that they decide Carlos Martinez slides back into the relief role. He can't build up strength, whatever it ends up being. Then, yeah, I would think Gomber, Ponce de Leon, John Gant, uh, hopefully Ryan Helsley, hopefully Hennessy Cabrera, hopefully Jake Woodford all get a fair shot. And if Gomber's healthy, then I don't see why they wouldn't seriously consider him in the role. You know, I'm not one of the people who care that he's left-handed. That means nothing to me. Especially someone like him who has reverse splits, who's just as good against righty, if not better, against righties and struggles against lefties. Uh, but it's something that, uh, uh, you know, should happen. All these guys should get a fair chance to to make this roster as good as possible. That's all I know. Derek says, I'm assuming no surprises on who did or didn't get added to the 40. Yeah, you know, uh, so I will maintain that I don't believe that they needed to add Alvaro Cejas. I'm glad that they added him. I'm glad we don't have to worry about it. But I don't think any team would have taken him. Now, I was surprised, and I did something I did not realize uh, was how many teams had spots open on their 40-man. Like, I can't remember uh, uh, a year when so many teams had so many spots open on their 40-man. So it was probably a good move to, to lock up Sejas. But other than that, I'm not surprised uh, at any of the other ones. Montero and Woodford were definitely the right call. They were the obvious call. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sejas makes a lot of sense, even though I don't think it would have really mattered. 
Is it baseball season yet? No, it is not, but it's getting closer and closer. You know, we have Thanksgiving, and then we have the winter meetings, and hopefully the winter meetings are lively, although for the last two years there's no reason to believe that that's going to happen. Uh, and then before you know it, you know, you have the season. So it's just right around the corner, and I promise you Prospects After Dark is going to keep you entertained between now and then. Blake Record, so is Yachty going to be a Cardinal for 2022? Yeah, absolutely. As long as Yachty wants to play, he's going to play. And if he wants to play every day, he's going to play every day. Uh, Jack in a Bunch of Numbers says, Kyle, what's up, Jack in a Bunch of Numbers? Dylan Wanigal says, uh, will Bader ever find a consistent, successful swing path? Great defender, but awkward at the plate. That's a great question, Dylan. So uh, if you had been, if you follow Prospects After Dark, you know that for a very long time now, I've been saying that Harrison Bader probably was never going to be anything more than a fourth outfielder. I think that there's a chance. I'll tell you what, I love that he's working out with Tommy Pham this offseason. That's going to be something worth keeping an eye on. I know that he's super dedicated to being the best hitter he can be. I know he puts an unwarranted amount of pressure on himself. Uh, there's nothing up till this point, up to this point rather, that would make us encourage that he's going to find the right swing path, that his mechanics are going to be good. Remember, it's not really a swing path per se. It's an approach at the plate uh, where he just can't hit sliders and gets frustrated that he's only seeing sliders and can't work it out. He needs to get over that. He needs to grow up uh, uh, and adjust to the game. You know, the difference between a good Major League Baseball player, an average Major League Baseball player, and a bad Major League Baseball player is their ability to adjust. And it doesn't seem like Harrison Bader wants to adjust. Uh, and when he does adjust, he adjusts for a short period of time. He needs to commit to the adjustment. Ben Cerruti says, know much about Matt Dews, Pedro Pajes, uh, Andres, Andres Luna, Andrew Wagner, Andrew Martin Figueroa. Yeah, Martin Figueroa is really interesting. A utility infielder. He's not on my. He's not on the list. Uh, he does a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Andrew Warner was a 40th pick, uh, 40th round pick uh, from the Columbia, Missouri area. Hits for a lot of power, strikes out a lot, takes big cuts. Is a terrible fielder. Andres Luna is the reverse. Andres Luna makes a decent amount of contact, strikes out a little bit. A very, very good p fielder. Pedro Pajes, you're going to want to tune in for. Uh, and Matt Deuce is a good, solid organizational, like, uh, uh, catching prospect, probably the next version of Brian O'Keefe and Jose Godoy. Uh, let's see. Coach Hosley says, uh, Housley says, a lot he been written about Rendon and Betts being a potential. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that Rendon or Betts are true targets for the Cardinals. You know, Betts would take something more than what, uh, what you gave up to get uh, one year of Paul Goldschmidt. And, uh, you know, they felt pretty confident that they would be able to resign Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt, and I don't think that they're going to feel confident that they're going to sign Betts. So you can pretty well throw Betts uh, uh, out the window here. And Rendon's a lot of money. And, you know, whether it's the right thing to do or not, the Cardinals believe Matt Carpenter is going to rebound. And they feel like they can believe that because they have Tommy Edmond to back him up. So uh, that's that. B-Sports, Brendan says, you look sexy as fuck with glasses. Thanks, baby. You look sexy, too. Uh, Tara says, hey, Tara, what's up? The redundancy thing has been a weird point for me for so long. Glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, again, it's it's so messed up. So this my my writing this article uh, goes back to my days at the Redbird Daily. I, I wrote one, and I, I wanted to update it every year, and I just haven't been able to do it uh, because I really probably have adult age. I probably have ADHD more than likely. Graham, hey, buddy. I am your dog, Graham. That's funny stuff. Coach Housley says, any chance cards move on either? Uh, that goes to Betts and Rendon, and I don't think that there's a chance... You know, I think there's a better chance that they trade for bets and they sign Rendon because Rendon's going to get a big contract and the Cardinals have a bunch of money uh, uh, already spent for the next couple of years. Johnny says, squint, damn it. Uh, John G24 says, squint, damn it. Coach Housley says, how does Yachty's desire to play longer change Kisner's plans? 
you know, I, I think that the Yachty's desire to play longer is only something that's brand new to Cardinals fans. Like, I think the front office has known that Yachty was going to play through his contract uh, since he signed the contract. I think that, you know, maybe they don't expect him to play until 2023. But, you know, I think that they probably knew he was going to get at least one more, if not two more, if not potentially three more years. So I don't know if necessarily know if it changes the plans. Uh, it just definitely makes Andrew Kisner more uh, expendable. Unfortunately, and, you know, I want to say, too, that I love Andrew Kisner, and I think that he has a chance to be a really, really good major league catcher on a regular basis. Uh, let's see. In my opinion, if the Cardinals do make a trade this postseason, it will be uh, this uh, offseason. It'll be prospects for prospects. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe something like that. Yeah, I look, I, I again, if there's one thing, one thing that you take from prospects after dark, other than this beautiful ugly sweatshirt that we sold last year, which I think we're going to sell again. Uh, it's that the Cardinals have $160 million plus committed to the 2020 payroll. It's projected that they have about the same for the 2021 payroll. They're not going to add big salary, which means that they have to get creative uh, in the trade market in order to vastly improve the team. Now that might mean a prospect for prospect trade. You just never know. It might mean outfield depth for pitching depth somewhere along the lines. That's what I would suspect, whether it be a relief pitcher or a starter pitcher. You just never know. But I think that that's the, the direction it's going to end up being in uh, if it comes that way. Other than, again, uh, if somebody falls into their lap late in the free agent process. Iowa Next says, who from the GCL should we look out for this coming season? Patrick Romary. I, I am in love with Patrick Romary. He's an 18-year-old, 12th-round pick out of the IMG Academy, which is the, uh, like, it's like baseball school for high schoolers. Like, it's it's more about baseball than it is about learning stuff. Uh, so Patrick Romary is my my easy, easy answer. Uh, you know, other than that, it's kind of a clusterfuck. You know, uh, uh, Ramon Mendoza is an interesting guy. He started in the DSL. I'm kind of a big fan of his. I don't know anything about him. I haven't seen anything about him. Uh, so it's hard to really say. He just put up an impressive year. Those are the two guys that I would key on from the GCL. Uh, Charlie says, how many pairs of glasses do you have now? I have two. So these are the first pair of glasses I bought. And then I bought those other ones from Zenny so I could get them here as soon as possible. My good friend Rumsfeld says, I want to cook your Thanksgiving turkey. Come on over, baby. Cook me. Cook me. Cook me Thanksgiving turkeys, uh, babies. Braden Brown says, will Cecil be DFA before opening day? I think that there's – it's a 50-50 chance. I'm going to say no because the Cardinals want to try to get an ROI or return on investment uh, from him, and they're hoping that they can get it. I, I just can't imagine at this point that he'd be DFA'd uh, like now. Like now. There were so many other opportunities between now and two years ago, and it doesn't make sense that they would do it now when there's a chance he might be able to pitch next year. I, I hope it happens, uh, and if not, I hope he has a successful – uh, 2020 season, but I don't think it happens. I don't have any faith in the Cardinals to do it. Uh, CDY Fire says, Will the pitcher from Kentucky that drafted make an MLB appearance in 2020? Cheers, brother. Hey, to you too, uh, CDY Fire. Uh, Zach Thompson is who we're talking about. And I'll say no in 2020, but I will say in 2021. What I've said about Zach Thomas because of his history of elbow and shoulder problems, he needs to start the year at Springfield. He needs to be on an aggressive path to the majors. Uh, as aggressive as his success allows for. Uh, and I do hope that that means that we see him at the end of 2020, but I would suspect that at some point in 2021 if he stays healthy. 
Uh, Lil Wee says, any Michael Walker chatter? Uh, what do you see in his future? You know, I think that what we saw out of Michael Walker in 2019 was probably the most likely outcome for Michael Walker moving forward. Now, if he gets signed by someone like Houston and all of a sudden he's using a substance to increase his velocity and spin on the ball, then it could end up being a resurgence like Charlie Morton had. Something like that, you know, or, or the old version of Michael Walker. I just wouldn't expect to see that, you know. I... I wish Michael Walker the most luck. You know, uh, there were few prospects that I've been enamored with the way that I was enamored with Michael Walker. He just had it all. You know, uh, he didn't have a third pitch, which should have been a tip off. His curveball did get better and better. But that fastball changeup combo was so damn good. And he just rolled through the minor leagues. And it just seemed like it was going to stick that rookie season. And it didn't because of the scapula injury. And he'll always have to deal with that. And that's my major concern. But, you know, uh, Michael Walker was a great draft pick who had, and it might, it might sound crazy, but he had a great career with the Cardinals, uh, and we were lucky to have him while we had him. And here's to hoping Michael Walker gets a chance to uh, to continue to have success somewhere. Uh, Bud Norris closing out games feels like twenty. Oh, none of that. It do, oh no, you're, it does feel like uh, Josh says Bud Norris closing out games feels like twenty years ago. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, uh, Mitchell Boggs closing out games. Speaking of Michael Waka, uh, how long ago does that seem? It seems like it didn't even take place in this world, like in, in my lifetime. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jimmy Rainbolt says, missed this. Glad I'm back, Jimmy Rainbolt. So you actually tweeted today, and I saw you, and I thought, I wonder where that guy's been. Jimmy, to you, sir, I raised my glass. Uh, by the way, this iHeart Pad logo, the iAvocado Pad logo, we're going to be selling hooded sweatshirts with this on the left breast here. And then the Prospects After Dark logo on the back. You're going to want to get one of those. Anyways, to you, Jimmy Rainbow. Welcome back to Prospects After Dark. Iowa next says, how many games, how many Blues games have you been to? I've only been, I've been to two Blues games. I went to the home opener for the banner raising. Uh, sat the row behind uh, uh, Brett Hall and got to hold his Stanley Cup ring. Thanks to my brother, Scott, who is a mensch. Um, uh, it, that was amazing. And then another game with Scott. It was incredible. I think those are the only two games I've been to. Uh, BHS says, maybe Bader has had, uh, uh, keratoconus this entire time. I don't know what that is. I'm an idiot. Uh, Johnny G, I'm sorry, BHS. God, I'm so, uh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, did Yoko make you wear those glasses? <laughs> Pat Loco, shout out to Ashley. To Ashley, I'm glad you had a good night and a good weekend. Uh, no, no, the glasses are me, so... You know, I'm getting older, and there's certain things that I don't feel comfortable doing, and uh, driving in shitty weather is one of them, and I had to get glasses. And then I went to the eye doctor, the optometrist, and she was like, your eyes are terrible. You need to wear these all the time, and it made me nervous. Hello, Victoria. How are you? Golf underscore 78 says, what league do you think Gorman finishes the season at? I think he finishes at Springfield. I, uh, I don't know if he starts at Springfield, but I think he finishes at Springfield. Are you in 3D from Jay from New York City? Uh, yeah, you know, I uh, just punch yourself in the head a couple times and I swear it'll be like I'm in your living room. Is Delvin Perez alive from Nick King 464? We write about Delvin. Delvin's involved in our middle infielders, the utility ranking. Uh, I say middle infielders, but it's a utility ranking. I decided to, uh, kind of incorporate it all into one because the Cardinals are being more aggressive about giving players position versatility at the minor league level. Delvin is a pure shortstop. He's really only played shortstop, uh, but he's in there. Anyways, yeah, he's still alive. And believe it or not, he had a pretty productive for him. 2019 season it was definitely a step up from 2018 uh his defense got more sure he became a really 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 great base runner started working on the craft of stealing bases for the first time in his minor league career and believe it or not he just turned 21 today so we raise our glass happy 21st birthday to delvin perez uh here's to putting on a little bit of weight 
I'm continuing on the positive growth pyramid. I don't even know what that is. But, you know, this is the same part in Oscar Mercado's development when Oscar Mercado became a viable major league option. He wasn't up until this point. This is when he was. It's just going to depend on if uh, uh, Mr. Perez can continue to put on weight and continue to progress in the proper direction. Uh, the sweatshirt is dope as fuck, baby. That's right. We're going to be selling them. Get you some. Uh, what position do you think best for Chandler Redmond? So Chandler Redmond is another one of our utility players. Uh, so he played second base at Gardner-Webb. 30-second round pick. Uh, I make a, a cute little quip in his write-up that he wins the Matt Adams Award for being a big-bodied, big-powered, potential uh, late-round pick. Uh, I like Chandler Redmond a lot, man. And the more I watch that kid, the more I like him. And I think the, the more I think the Cardinals got to steal by drafting him in the 32nd round. Uh, I'm more than likely his best position is first, play, first base. But he can play second and he can play third a lot better than you would think. Uh, but, yeah, I think in the long run the smart thing to do would be to, to keep him at first. But I really, uh, uh, I really, really, really like him as the utility role that they've had him in the minor leagues. Keep an eye out for Chandler Redmond. Uh, Ozzy one says, what is going on here? Uh, to Ozzy, uh, and Ozzy's owner, Jay Ferg, I raise my glass and my finger. I love that, Jay Ferg. In the last 24 hours, I've had Jay Ferg's dog, Ozzy, follow me, and our good friend, Eric Thomas' dog, Radar, follow me. Look, I'm here for the dog accounts. Uh, Jay Gunter underscore 15 says, who's the best backup catcher that the Cardinals have had in the Yachty era? You know, well, it's Matt Wieters, and I don't think that that's hard. Like, you can't debate uh, debate that. But if we're talking about just prospect catcher, then who are our options? You know, you're talking about Travis Tartamella, Tony Cruz. Uh, I mean, Carson Kelly doesn't count. You know, uh, Andrew Kisner. If we're talking about prospect value, truth be told, it's probably Carson Kelly. Uh, I think that there was a time when people rated Carson Kelly higher than we Andrew Kisner's ever been rated. You know, who do I think is the best? I would put my money on Andrew Kisner. But if we're talking about guys who have actually served the role, it's Matt Wieters without a doubt. And if we had to go to, like, the prospect role, it's probably Tony Cruz because he's the only one who had, like, a substantial chance. Because, uh, you know, like, Eric Fryer doesn't count. Sam Smitty 9 says, I've heard Gorman won't be a third baseman in the big leagues. If so, where is his spot left field? Now, I do think, look, uh, I think that people would be surprised about the success and how successful and how good Nolan Gorman is at third base. I believe he's going to stick at third. Uh, now, I do think, the one thing I always say about Nolan Gorman is if, you know, if uh, Cody Bellinger can play center field, then Nolan Gorman can play center field. You know, more than likely, yeah, left or right field, but his arm is strong enough that he could play anywhere. He's rangy and athletic enough that he could probably play anywhere. Uh, I love him at third. I think he sticks at third. I, I just think it's a little weird right now, and I think he's always had trouble catching up to the speed of the league he's in because it's way faster than anything he's seen, and then he settles in a little bit. Things get a little dicey, but he's, he's okay. Uh, are those treats on your shirt? They are. It's avocado treats for you, Ozzy. Uh, and some leaves. We know that dogs love leaves. Derek says, do you know much about Daiwell Borges or Yorlin De Los Santos? So I am not a, So last year when we did the position rankings – uh, I was very, very clear about saying I am not a Yorlin De Los Santos player, a person. You know, I just, he's undersized. I, I have a thing about undersized outfielders. And I'm sure it's Magnura Sierra, uh, uh, you know, like getting cold feet because of Magnura Sierra. It's why I don't like Jonathan Machado. It's why I hate on him in the write-ups uh, and why I've never been a big fan. I felt that same way about Yorlin De Los Santos. I think he's a lot like uh, second base prospect Donovan Williams. I think that they're kind of an interchangeable part. I just think... Uh, Williams is more athletic. 
Dial Burgess is interesting because he does have a really, really good and advanced approach. He has really quick hands at the plate. He can find the barrel. The only hit on Dial Burgess, and again, check out. Uh, it'll be one of our last write-ups on, on the prospects. I, I Dial gets uh, 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 mentioned. Uh, he gets an honorable mention. Uh, but everything that I've heard and what I've been told by the one or two sources I have within the organization is that he's not athletic at all. Uh, and more than likely, he's a DH in the long run. But he's still only 18, 19 years old. And there's plenty of time for him to get his shit together. So uh, I think that Borges has a potential bat that might stick with some questions about his ability to play the outfield uh, in the long term and his athleticism in general. I've been told he's a terrible runner, uh, one of the worst runners that could be in an outfield position for the Cardinals. I haven't seen it, so I can't say that's just what I've heard. Josh says, pick four players currently on the team that will be Cardinals Hall of Famers. Uh, Yachty, Carpenter, Wayno, and uh, Wong. How about that? Those are the four that come to my mind. Coach Housley says, any inside info on winter warm-up? How, who may show up? So uh, I don't have any inside information on winter warm-up. I apologize for that. I wish I did. Uh, I would imagine that everyone shows up unless Dexter Fowler has a signing in Chicago. No, I'm joking. Uh, you know, it'll just be uh, everyone will show up. You know, the prospects are there. Prospects are usually pretty open to doing interviews, and you can usually talk to them, and it's awesome. I would expect the full cast of characters to be there that are there on a regular basis. Uh, I remember you from middle school. You stole my girlfriend from Jason Jotted. No, that's not me. Trust me. Uh, I didn't steal anyone's girlfriend. Uh, I didn't have much in the way of a girlfriend, in case you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> CD Fire says, uh, we're spoiled as fan base to have you and all the birds on the black crew. Uh, great content. I agree. Not to me. You're not spoiled to have me. I'm a disaster. I'm spoiled to have an audience. Uh, but I agree. We're all spoiled to have the birds on the black crew. Between, you know, uh, between Dennis... Uh, and Cards Cards, and Zach, and I'm going to include STL Cup of Joe until he's back for sure. Uh, uh, Cards Gifts, Nicholas Childress, Ben Cerruti, Tara Wellman, Alex Christopoli, Stu Stiles, Adam Van Grack. Uh, real fast, uh, the, this cheers absolutely goes to Adam Van Grack and his son, uh, his son Caleb. I love the Van Grack family. I'm thinking about them all the time. Uh, I just I, They're in my thoughts right now, and I love them. So to the Van Gracks, I raise my glass. Ah, Jason says that it's a disease that fam had, the eye disease. Yeah, that's it. That sounds right to me. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe he's just blind. I was told there would be snacks at Pad from Radar. This is great. Uh, I had to Google Mensch. I assumed you had insulted Scott. Hey, I stopped insulting Scott a long time ago-ish. Uh, B-O snacks. B-Y-O snacks. I like that, Ben. Uh, Golf78 says, any chance Tommy Edna hits 300 next year? If, next year? if not, what's realistic for him? I think it all depends on how he's used. If he's being used in that super utility role, you're talking about a guy who could hit 290-ish with like a 340 on base percentage, getting 400 to 450 to 500 plate appearances. Not a bad plate appearances. I do think that's realistic. But I think if you try to insert him, and with like, you know, what I always like with a guy like Tommy Pham is to go by the WRC+. I think that Tommy Pham, if used properly, or Tom, I always do that with Tommy Pham and Tommy Edmond. I think Tommy Edmond, especially because now we're talking about Tommy Pham, I think Tommy Edmond, if used properly, is like a 110 WRC plus guy. 108, 110, something around there. Uh, but if he's being used and used and used and used, uh, and he's your starting third baseman from the beginning of May until the end of the year, you're talking about a guy who's probably right around league average at the 100 mark with a 260 to 270 batting average and 330, 320 on base percentage. Uh, use him smart, use him wisely. I would imagine the league is going to adjust to him, and I would imagine the league is going to throw him a lot of change up. It's just going to be a matter of how he uh, 
how he continues to react to that. And I, I don't think he's going to drown. I think I don't think he's going to drown like Harrison Bader. But I do expect a bit of a kickback uh, to something a little bit more realistic than what we saw. Uh, Rosenfeld325 says, what's up? How aggressive will the organization be with Gill and Fletcher? I'm hopeful that the Cardinals are organization are very, very aggressive with Mateo Gill. I'd like to see him start the year in Peoria. He was at Johnson City last year. I think it does them well to get him in Peoria. Fletcher, I'm a little bit different with. Fletcher is so raw and so far away with so much to work on that I want the Cardinals to be a little less aggressive with him. Uh, you know, I, I personally didn't like them moving him from GCL to Johnson City as quick as they did. I think he needed more bats in the GCL. He was he was dominating the GCL. The promotion was warranted. It's just not something that I would do. I think it would have served them well to give him the entire year in the GCL. See how he reacted and, and uh, moved to that league. He went to Johnson City and looked bad because he just isn't ready for that. He, he's super athletic. And again, I think that's coming out Tuesday of next week. Uh, not two days from now, but in like nine days from now. We're doing the outfield write-up. Tracian Fletcher is one of those guys. Read about him. But he's so raw and so far away that I want them to practice a little bit of caution with him. Rumsfeld says, uh, I need a pad shirt for Christmas. Yeah, you do. And Cardinals Gifts is going to roll that stuff out, and you're going to want to buy some. Uh, Alex Christopher says, minor leaguers are selfish because it's in the name. My nerds should be wieners. That's hilarious, Alex. Oh, my God. And by the way, how intense has all this talk coming from the commissioner's office and uh, been about minor leaguers and contraction and pay and also just talking about the, the potential for a major league bargaining collecting, a collective agreement with the MLBPA. Like the, the commissioner's office is not fucking around right now. They are not screwing around and they're definitely trying to uh, uh, like apply pressure. And I think it's backfiring. It was something Tara and I were talking about. Tara and I were talking about just last night. You know, I think that, uh, I think that this could not have gone any worse for them the way that it was like greeted by writers and by fans, I think they look terrible. And I think if they go on with their plan uh, and continue to talk down to the fans, the fan base, I think nothing good's going to come of that. I think they need to adjust their plans. I think that they were caught blindsided by uh, the, the Baseball America and the New York Times story. And I think instead of like consulting with marketing people uh, and PR staff, I think they just let Manfred do whatever the hell he wants, and now they look like an asshole. And they're definitely the villains here. Brayden Brown says, who was the number one catching prospect we had years ago? Uh, you know, it, well, think about it this way. Carson Kelly was for, like, six years. You know, uh, before him, it was, like, Cody Stanley and Stephen Hill and, uh, uh, you know, guys like that. Give me a juicy update uh, on my boy, Luke and Baker. So, Josh, yeah, uh, as I mentioned, I would expect Luke and Baker to have a pretty loud Springfield year, a pretty loud double A season in 2020. It just depends on where he continues to progress defensively. It looked better at the end of the year than it did at the beginning of the year, uh, but he still has a lot to work on. He's, he is, he flashes average, but he's a below average fielder at first base. You know, maybe he can continue to develop the doubles home run power uh, and, you know, be a DH when the DH comes to the NL. I, I don't know about any of that. Uh, I like Luke and Baker a lot. I expect him to have a big year, uh, continue on the big August that he had in the Florida State League. And uh, I'm a bit aggressive with him when I get to my dirty 35 because I expect him to blow the uh, the roof off of the Texas League. Carlson and Gorman showing up. Uh, I, you know, I would expect that you see Dylan Carlson. If he's given a fair chance, I think Dylan Carlson would break with the big league club. I don't know if he's given a fair chance because of the guys in front of him. 
when does Gorman show up? Uh, uh, I would suspect that Gorman, I don't think it's next year. I think 2021 makes the most sense, but maybe 2022, depending on how things go. Now, if we're talking about on my birds on the black position write-ups, uh, position rankings, uh, I think we're going to do the third baseman the, the, the following Wednesday, and I think the outfielders are like the following Tuesday. I don't remember what order I did it in. They're going to be released. Iowa next said, I assume Kevin Woodall was hurt last year since he didn't play. Any update on him? Yeah, uh, so Kevin Woodall hurt himself in his first game at State College. I think it was State College, right? Uh, hurt himself, and I want to say it, it was like a, a, a dislocated shoulder or something like that. And I haven't heard anything. I don't know where he's at. Now, it's funny you should bring up Kevin Woodall, Iowa Neck, because I almost put him in the honorable mentions, and I couldn't decide if I wanted to do first base or outfield. I don't know what the Cardinals' plan with him in 2019 was before he got hurt, uh, but I decided not to. I tried not to pick guys uh, and put on the list that were hurt. Uh, I, Evan Mendoza, I talk about. Perry Delavella, De I, I, I talk about. Um, but, yeah, he, he was hurt, and that's why uh, he only had one game at the minor league level last year. Uh, Humble Trouble says, Vsauce, Michael here. Hey, what's up? Uh, give me your best guess on who is included in the Cardinals make a trade this offseason, Sam Smitty. You know, again, I think that you're talking about Cardinals trading from that outfield depth to try to increase their pitching depth. Uh, one thing, you know, the Cardinals in 2019 drafted a lot of pitchers at the collegiate level, hoping that they'd be able to contribute at the major league level as soon as possible. They had a hole in the organization pitching wise. Uh, that hole is still there. You know, uh, Ron, uh, 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 Woodford, Rendon, Roberts, Cabrera, Oviedo, Sejas, Kuczynski, like they're all there, but they don't really have anything high end. And I think that more than likely those guys are going to be, those outfielders are going to be moved with the potential of uh, uh, increasing the starting pitching depth. Kisner and Munoz, uh, both of those guys are expendable. I don't want them to trade Kisner, but I think it's going to happen if they continue to look for a path via trade to enrich their team. Uh, let's see. Oh, how, oh, oh, how pumped are you for Watchmen tonight from Little Tiny? I'm pretty pumped. You know, that show's gotten pretty good. They're doing some pretty interesting some pretty good stuff with it. Uh, I'm anxious for Pad to get over. Well, I'm not anxious for Pad to get over. I love doing prospects after dark. Uh, but when Pad's over, I'll definitely watch Watchmen. Uh, Mr. Robot last weekend was fucked. The show took a terrible turn as I get to the the stretch the stretch run, which was heartbreaking. And then we also get a brand new episode of Rick and Morty tonight. So I'm I'm super excited for Rick and Morty. Episode two of season four was amazing. Uh, Watchmen was is really good. It keeps doing okay stuff. Uh, but I am super excited. Iowa X says, is Yasenka, uh, Michael Yasenka, a legit prospect or just a college pitcher dominating at the lower levels? You know, the thing about Michael Yasenka, and I was just telling Cardinals Gifts this the, the last couple days, he is hard to find information about. He's hard to find video about. Uh, I'm enjoying the program. That's for my brother Michael. Um, uh, I'm enjoying the show. Um, uh, so Yasenka's hard to find information about. And he's hard to find video of in particular. I found a little bit here and there. So I'm reserved. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. I will say his stuff's pretty good. And he's had really outstanding performances. And he's still super young. He's only like a young 21. Uh, so I'm not sure where he stands. You know, I've never been a big fan of Alex Fagalde. I've been pretty vocal about saying that I don't view Alex Fagalde as a legitimate prospect. Uh, I think that he's better than Fagalde. But I'll be honest, in the draft, I think the one guy, like the one sleeper, Prospect, uh, uh, you know, I love Jack Ralston, so I don't consider him a sleeper. But that Logan Gragg, 
You know, I watched a lot of Logan Gragg over the last couple of weeks, and I went back and watched a bunch of Logan Gragg today, the eighth-round pick out of Oklahoma State. And, man, I've got a feeling that that kid's better than I've been giving him credit for or any of us have been giving him credit for. Uh, I'm anxious for you guys to get a get a big whiff of him. Hey, Jay Duda, what's up, bud? Uh, Sen says, listen to me, Kyle. A hummus, cucumber, feta cheese, and flat naan bread. Oh, my God, I'm in. No, that's, that's for me. I love naan. I love feta. I love hummus. I love cucumbers. I'm going to call cucumbers, even though they're cucumbers. Uh, I love that. Give me the Mediterranean food, baby. Give me the Mediterranean food all day. Spread it all over my love chest and put it on my love face and in my love lips and on my love tongue. Uh, and then eat it off my love gun. At work tonight, love you, Kyle. Also, fuck you. Fuck you too, Keeper. Love you too, but I hope you have a great night at work. I hope everyone talk, everyone at work heard you ta- heard me talking about my love things. I give you this for free as a holly as a holly gift. <laughs> Super delicious. I don't know who this Sen Zav is, but he's my new favorite person. Jay Duda says Tweegan Ozuna at the corners with Mookie in center and Carlson in right center on some softball teams. I love that. Yeah, four man outfielder. This is what you do: Tweegan right, Ozuna in left. You split up center uh, between Carlson and Mookie. And you got a pretty good four-man outfield. I love it. I love where your head's at. Ben Cerruti says, don't want you to spoil everyone's write-ups uh, if those guys already are written up. Yeah, uh, so uh, of the list of guys, I didn't write up Figuero. Uh, I didn't write up Deuce. I did write up some other guys, but I don't remember who else you put on there. Sorry, Ben. Uh, Josh says, can you rank our outfielders excluding Jose and Dex? I, you know, I'm so bad at the whole ranking thing. You know, the ranking thing is so biased, and it's not based in reality. And, like... You know, how do I put Dylan Carlson on the list? You know, where do I put Lane Thomas? You know, I'm not a Harrison Bader guy, but more than likely Harrison Bader should probably be right at the top of the list. Uh, you know, if we're talking about my personal favorites, you know, it's Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill. Then, I mean, if we're talking about my personal favorites, it's Randy Rosarena, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, or Randy Rosarena, O'Neill, uh, uh, Thomas, Carlson. You know, I... I don't know, but if we're talking about, like, from a pure talent, the ability to impact the major leagues, I think it's Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Randy Rosarena at about the same spot, uh, Harrison Bader, Justin Williams. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Yeah, Justin Williams, something like that. Shorty's Barbecue, I want it. Give it to me. Have you been watching The Mandalorian from Hooks Bear? Yeah, so The Mandalorian has been incredible. The first episode I thought was good. I Like, I liked what they were doing, but the second episode... <laughs> have been amazing television is super good fam guff 78 says whatever happened to kaminsky whose organization is he in you know uh he was rule five draft eligible the last couple years and no one took him uh and he was in the arizona fall league last season and performed okay but it wasn't great uh and what's happening i don't have the slightest idea man i wish i knew i'm embarrassed uh let's see i think he's still with cleveland i could be wrong Let's see. Uh, so if we lost one of Randy Lane in a trade, it wouldn't be a huge loss. I think it just depends on how the Cardinals plan on using the guys and what they got in return. Look, I- I'm not trying to say, I- look, I don't think Lane Thomas or Randy or Rosarina are perennial all-stars. You know, I think that they're just one kick up from what we've seen out of, uh, you know, Harrison Bader. You know, uh, to me, Lane Thomas is every bit as talented as the 2019 version of Steven Viscotti. Uh Something like that. I still don't know what Randy Rosarena is. I've been pretty vocal, even though I am biased towards him because I love him, and saying that I view Randy Rosarena as something similar to Gerardo Pera, just a right-handed swinging version of Gerardo Pera. Uh, uh, you know, I, 
something like that. Like that's where I'm at. Yeah, something like that, you know. I, but again, I'm conservative when I try to tell people about prospects. I, I don't like overhyping these guys. So if you hear me overhype someone, I really mean it. And there's usually some substance behind it. I just think that, like, I do see Lane Thomas as something similar to Stephen Piscotti. Uh, and I do see Randy Rosarina as something similar to Gerardo Parra. But, of course, both of them have higher ceilings, potentially. Uh, can you give us your opinion why Munoz wasn't seen in the postseason? Sorry if this was covered. No, we haven't gone over Munoz at all. Real, real fast, J. Duda says, Baby Yoda and left. The man doing right, IG11 and Central, General Grievous. General Grievous is my closer. I like that. Sam Smitty says, can you give us your opinion on why Munoz was not used? Well, the problem with Gyro Munoz is he's a terrible, terrible fielder. And sure, if you're using him limited, he isn't as exposed and he doesn't look as bad. But trust me, Gyro is a terrible fielder. He's a terrible outfielder. He's a terrible shortstop. He's a terrible second baseman. He's an okay third baseman when he's playing on the regular. Uh, he makes contact, but he really doesn't do a whole lot either. The reason that you didn't see him is he isn't very good, and he doesn't really have a skill that someone else on the roster doesn't have either. You know, I'm a proponent of getting him off of the 25-man or the 26-man, depending on how many is settled on. I think it's 26 for sure. Uh, I would rather have Edmundo Sosa have that role because Sosa can play defense uh, and is a viable option. I, I, I think Munoz, you got to move him. If he can't move him, then he goes down to Memphis. D. Ludwig says, what kind of player is Justin Williams defensively? So, when I watched Justin Williams in 2018 in right field, I was not impressed at all. I thought, man, like people were writing about how good he was and he had a cannon of an arm and he could get the balls in the gap. And I did not see it. I thought, man, this guy's, this guy's fucking terrible. Like all this stuff that I had read and heard about him was such, oh, so off base. And to be honest with you, at the beginning of the 2019 season, it looked the same way. But he had a big IL stint. So he started the year on the IL after he broke his hand from punching the TV. And then he, uh, he had another IL stint shortly thereafter. I'm adding more booze. And the, the, uh, the IL stint was a little bit longer uh, than the beginning, the beginning of the year one. And when he came back, he was fucking lights out. It was like he, he got his confidence back. His arm looked strong. I would call his arm flashing plus, but certainly above average consistently. And rangy out in the outfield. He's a lot quicker than I've given him credit for. You know, I would say... Uh, he compares kind of to like Randall Grichik in the outfield when Grichik doesn't have a bum-ass arm. That's kind of the type of fielder he is. So he's pretty good. He's, he doesn't get the reads that you would want out of a center fielder just to clear up the Grichik thing. He's definitely a corner outfielder. Uh, but, uh, you know, the big thing with Justin Williams, defensively aside, is definitely confidence. His swing looks faster. It's less clunky than it was at any point during 2018 and the first half of 2019. And he just looks like a, a confident player. He looks like his confidence, the confidence has been restored in him. His bat looks quicker because of it. And that seems to me to be the big change in it all. Uh, the compete for the egg. I love that. Yeah, the uh, uh, the mudhorn, right? Jay Duda, I really like Munoz at third. So for sure, a gyro's best position is third base. Uh, a lot of people will say the outfield. Yeah, sure, I guess you could bury him in left. Uh, he's not particular. You know, he's quick for being a, a somewhat bulky guy. He has a really, really great arm. Uh, but, yeah, that, something like that, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. But I've also, I've always, always said that I view Gyro's best position at third base, uh, and I'm going to stick with that. Uh, MILB guy, which I believe is our good friend James uh, Gravely. Uh, Gravely, Gravely, I'm sorry, I'm the worst. Uh, James Gravely, uh, uh, who writes about the Appy League. Follow James. Uh, he's great stuff. He's a good guy. Uh, you're going to want to stay... Um, you're going to want to stay in tune with him. But he says he's watching. Glasses are sick. Thanks. I appreciate that, bud. 
Uh, Josh says, I really hope Randy gets a second straight year of rest instead of playing winter ball. Now, I could be wrong, but I had heard that he was going to play winter ball, but just enough to, like, keep his swing intact. Um, and just enough to, like, keep his swing intact, keep himself sharp, and then get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully. I, I hope you're right. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. He isn't currently playing in any league, so that's good. But I did hear about New Year's. He was going to play in one of them. Uh, CDY Fire says, why does it feel like us making the NLCS will actually hurt us and being aggressive this offseason? I think what hurts the Cardinals being aggressive this offseason is how much money they have tied up to the team moving forward. You know, I, I think it's really simple, a really simple bottom line. So the Cardinals have about $160 million tied up to the team next year. Uh, they have about $140, $150 for the team after. And I think that's what stops them from being aggressive. I think the contract that they gave Matt Carpenter stops them from being aggressive. Uh, the contract that they gave Paul Goldschmidt stops them from being aggressive. Uh, I, think, I think that's what stops them from being aggressive more than anything. I do think that if they hadn't have extended, in particular, Matt Carpenter, I think they'd be a little bit more aggressive than what we're hearing or seeing now. Uh, White Sox could be scary good pretty soon. I'm hoping. You know, I obviously, because I'm such a Luis Robert guy, uh, when the White Sox signed him, I was I became a White Sox fan. And between Eloy and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, I just, I like that team. They've got a good young pitching staff, potentially. Again, potentially, potentially. When you're talking about prospects, it's always potentially. Uh, but they have a good young core, it looks like. I hope they keep adding to it. I hope they get another starting pitcher. I hope they bring in another outfielder. Uh, Yasmani Grandel is a great start. I hope they keep getting better. I hope they keep spending money. You know, they have like... $30 million, well, now it's like $40 million committed to, 40-something million dollars committed to next year's payroll. I'd like to see them get aggressive, get themselves a pitcher and an outfielder. And, you know, the AL Central is so terrible. The Twins are pretty solid. But the AL Central is so terrible. Uh, uh, the Indians are okay. But they could easily compete for the AL Central title in a wild card position next year with just a few more additions. Uh, Trent Wilson. Hey, Trent, what's up? Says, how long will the cards keep Bader and Fowler as starters next year if they perform poorly? I think that all depends. You know, I, I would suspect that Bader has a shorter leash than Fowler does because remember Fowler, like Fowler has a little bit of sway. Fowler has a little bit more staying power. He has a little bit more, uh, substance to himself in, in the, um, in the clubhouse. And I think that Schilt reacts to that. I think that, um, you know, his position versatility a little bit and where he's best suited and being able to move him to center and then kick him to right. Like, not to say that Bader couldn't handle it, but I just think between being a veteran uh, and what he's capable of and hitting at the top of the lineup, I definitely think Bader's leash is shorter than Fowler's. I think you're talking about a month. I think they both get at least a month, maybe two. You know, uh, one thing that gets lost in Mr. Schilt's Manager of the Year Award is that the Cardinals had the same record at the All-Star break in 2019 as they had in 2018. And that's because Mr. Schilt was a, not a very good manager at the beginning of the year. He wasn't aggressive removing people. Uh, he understood that uh, uh, championships are often won in the second half. You know, he never let things get too far away. But anyways, I hope that he learns from that mistake. I hope he's a little bit more aggressive. I don't expect him to be aggressive with Fowler. I, I do expect them to be a little bit more aggressive with Harrison Bader. Josh, I'm scared of this Reds if they get one more bat in some bullpen arms. Yeah, and you know, the Reds are in a position where they're – they could probably spend a little bit of money and get away with it. That ballpark is such a joke. I would hate to pitch there if I was a pitcher. But, yeah, uh, look, I root, I root for the Reds. 
a, a team, they've been clever. And I like Bell as a manager. Uh, I like the Reds. And I, I hope, as a Cardinal fan, they don't get any better. But as a baseball fan, I hope they do. I want every team to spend some money. And if the Reds are in a position to spend money, I hope they do. Derek says, any chance cards bring Leon back? I'm anxious to see what happens there. I do think that there's a chance, uh, but I haven't heard anything. Uh, Jay Tukin says, expectations for our guy, Mike Matheny, and how are the Royals prospects? Now, uh, I don't have any expectations for Mike Matheny. I hope he learned from the mistakes that he made in St. Louis, uh, and I hope he continues to progress as a manager. I love him as a Cardinals catcher, and I want nothing for the best, nothing but the best for him, even though I hated him as a manager here. Uh, how, are the, how are the prospects in the Royals system? I love the pitching prospects in the Royals system. Uh, they are plentiful. Uh, uh, we are all, and now, of course, as I start saying that, all the damn names uh, go out of my head, but the pitching in particular, the collegiate drafted pitching in particular, uh, is really good in the Royals system. And a lot of those guys aren't too far away from the majors. So, you know, I'm the type that believes that pitching wins championships, uh, and that's uh, that's a good start, you know. Hopefully, the problem is Mike Matheny has always struggled to handle pitchers right, and hopefully he doesn't kill them like he did uh, pitchers here. Cardinals fan twenty two says the Cards don't need much to be World Series contenders anyway. See, I I disagree. You know, I uh, I think the Cardinals. What do they need? They need to be managed right. You know, again, I'm not trying to beat up on Schilt. I don't mean that as like Schilt was a manager, right? That's not what I'm saying. But you know, Tommy Edmond is a is a utility like. He is, a, he is a valuable commodity. He should play short. You know, you're going to play him in the outfield. Play him at short. You know, he should spell Paul DeYoung. If Paul DeYoung's getting a little bit more rest, Paul DeYoung's hitting better, and Paul DeYoung is a better hitter. You know, maybe if you're using the matchups with Matt Carpenter, you're getting the most out of Matt Carpenter. You know, Matt Carpenter's career has been plagued by fatigue issues and back issues and, like, serious stuff. Uh, and maybe a little bit more rest does him well if he's playing – Every other day instead of every other every day, uh, and maybe if he's playing every other day instead of every day, he's better. You know, if you're aggressive about the outfielders and playing the hot hand, if you're aggressive about the top of the lineup and getting guys on base when they're getting on base at the top of the lineup, then the Cardinals could be World Series contenders. I know that it seems to me like the pitching that they have, especially with Carlos Martinez entering the rotation, if Carlos Martinez enters the rotation, is something worth getting excited about. Uh, it just depends on if they're willing to go to the right guys in the right situations. I do think, obviously, another big bat would be needed, but I think that that bat could be Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson, uh, uh, and that's an aggregate gain, in my opinion. Jay Duda says, I noticed many fans expect an 800 OPS or a bit better out of Carpenter. Over or under for you? Under. I'll say, uh, I'll say if, if Matt Carpenter is getting the most out of himself, you're talking about like a 778, 780 type OPS next year. Uh, Lucas K, uh, stepping on my turf with the close, uh, the closet White Sox love. Look, Lucas K, you've been here with me through the Luis Roberts stuff nonstop, baby. You know that the – look, I bring the White Sox back to St. Louis. I'm all about uh, the St. Louis White Sox. Sounds good. That's what I'm talking about. Golf 78 says, can we expect a bounce back from Carpenter or will his refusal, or will his refusal to go the other way doom his career? Now, our good friend, our good friend Ben Cerruti did an awesome examination of the way – that Matt Carpenter hits. And, uh, you know, the problem with Matt Carpenter, so before we get to what Ben did, the problem with Matt Carpenter is he's a man caught between. He's a man caught in the middle. You know, he wasn't having success pulling the baseball, so he started kind of going the other way. Remember, 2019 was his highest uh, uh, push rate, his highest all-fields rates in like five years or something like that. 
but that doesn't work for him anymore. When Ben crunched the numbers, we saw that he was actually better suited pulling the ball, just sticking with it and pulling the ball. You know, I, I don't think necessarily uh, the, the, the actual shift doomed Matt Carpenter. I think his mental state because of the shift is, shift is what doomed Matt Carpenter. And also age. And also years of being beat up and constant fatigue issues that we've dealt with for a couple of years. Uh, I just think Matt Carpenter needs to play with confidence, commit to an approach, and run with it. Uh, not be caught in the middle of two different approaches. Hooks Bear says, what realistic free agent signing or trade prediction you'll like to see happen? You know, I think, I don't know what it would take to get Ken Giles. I always say Ken Giles. I'd like to see Ken Giles be a legitimate uh, uh, option, a legitimate target. You know, signings, I don't know. You know, maybe they get Keichel for a year or something like that. Maybe Keichel falls until February, and then it's like, oh, hey, we got to sign Keichel. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Keichel gets a year. You know, I don't know what the trade market is. I haven't heard any names. I haven't looked at the free agent market either. I've been so hard at work at, on my uh, uh, prospect rankings, which come out on Friday over at Birds on the Black, starting with the starting pitchers and then going to the drafted pitchers and then going to the relief pitchers and then going to the outfielders and then so on and so forth that I haven't really had time to look. And most of the reason I haven't even taken the time to look is I don't expect the Cardinals to be that aggressive. Uh, we'll find out. December 2nd is the next big day. That's when the Cardinals have the opportunity. That's the last day you have to outright players off of the 40-man uh, to get spots for the Rule 5. So you know, we're going to have to wait and see what goes, ha what goes on there. Uh, Josh says, I wonder what Bible verse the Royals players will receive first. Oh, God, I'm not touching that with a 99-and-a-half-foot pole. Matt Stromer says, who has a better 2020, Carp or Fowler? I'll say Carp. You know, Matt, uh, I love Dexter Fowler. I do. And it's not fair for me to say this. Uh, it's not based in any type of, like, statistical analysis. But I've got a feeling that we're going to see a regression from 2019 uh, uh, out of Dexter Fowler. I don't think it's going to be as bad as 2018. But I think it's going to be a little bit more along his career norms. Uh, now, he wasn't so far off of his career norms in 2019. But he was a little high for him. And I think it regresses to his career norms. Derek says, you see, Connor Green was let go by the Royals. Yeah, you know. Uh, Connor Green, one of the prospects that the uh, Cardinals acquired from the Toronto Blue Jays in the Randall Gritchick trade, the prospect, because they got uh, uh, um, Dominic Leone in the deal. Super 99, 100-mile-an-hour fastball. A really great curve that he just could not repeat his delivery with. He could not, like, he always slowed down his arm. He'd always change his delivery. Uh, it's a bummer, man. I really hope that that guy would eventually be a, a, a bullpen piece at the very least or a dynamic back end of the bullpen piece. And again, you know, he's got nothing but raw stuff, nothing but amazing raw stuff. Uh, very projectable. He was a big guy. He was like six foot six. Um, uh, he was like six foot six, six foot five. Everything looked right. He had a big fastball and a big breaking pitch and it just never came together. That goes to show you how hard it is to project what a minor leaguer can do with the major leagues. If they ever make the major leagues or what they're going to do at the highest level of the minor leagues. Minor League Baseball is an amazing uh, roulette table, uh, and uh, uh, you get lucky sometimes, and a lot of times you don't. More often than not, you don't. Little Tiny says, no chance the cards actually pursue them, but what kind of package would Mookie or Lindor take? So again, Mookie Betts is younger and better than Paul Goldschmidt. So you're talking about at least Carson Kelly, Luke Weaver, Andy Young, and the draft pick to get one year of Mookie Betts, and then they're probably not going to re-sign him. Lindor is different. Now, two years of Lindor is, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, again, you're talking about at least the package that I just said, and probably a substantial amount more. 
Uh, what it looks like, man, I don't know. Uh, I think you'd have to start with Paul DeYoung. I think all of the people in the Lindor trade would have to be right at the major league level. You know, I, what that is, I, here, here, let me do it this way. Sometimes we, we try to predict these things from the Cardinals standpoint. And what I would say about uh, Francisco Lindor is if I'm the Indians, I'm not settling for anything more than three guys who can step in right away. So Paul DeYoung, Dakota Hudson, and, you know, Lane Thomas or Tyler O'Neill to start, and then two prospects on top of that, uh, I would think gets it done. You know, you would probably have to give up Alvaro Cejas and another prospect at the lower levels. You know, two years of Lindor is a big deal. It's not trading for two years of Ozuna uh, or one year of bets. Like, it's more than that, substantially more. Lucas says, combine the White Sox and Cardinals World Series winners guaranteed. Yeah, give it to me, baby. Give it to me. Uh, Sam Smitty says, infielder Carpenter and Fowler start if, if. Carpenter and Fowler start 2020 slow again. How long does Schilt stick with them? I think I think Schilt sticks with them for two months. I would give them a month and see where it goes from there. But look, Mike Schilt is loyal. Uh, he's loyal to the veterans in particular, and I think that uh, his 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 leash is way longer than mine would be, or even logic would dictate. Golf 78 says, if we don't resign Ozuna, do you expect Goldie's numbers to drop without his protection? Uh, Golf, I'm not one to buy into that there's lineup protection. Uh, obviously, like, I think his runs drop. Uh, but, I, look, baseball's different. It's not baseball in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, or even the 1990s. Uh, baseball now is it's analytic-driven. You know, they're not – the only position where that applies to is the eighth-place hitter and the pitcher, in my opinion. I think that's the only place where it changes. You know, nowadays, you have video and you have charts and you have graphs and you pitch to the video and charts and the graphs. You don't pitch to who's behind the guy. Now, sure, in key situations, what will end up happening is Goldschmidt will get walked and they'll pitch to someone else or something like that. But, you know, we're seeing intentional walks go down, too, because people, teams have data on players that they've never had before. So I think that production, like lineup production, or lineup protection is a bit of a, 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 a smoke and mirrors thing uh, in baseball today as opposed to where it was a couple years ago, a couple 10, 20 years ago, a couple five years ago. Uh, but I do think that it would be reasonable to suspect that, like, the runs numbers go down, uh, you know, weighted runs go down because of the runs numbers, so on and so forth. But I don't think it really changes that much. You know, I think I think Paul Goldschmidt would do well to have – to be pitched a little bit more aggressive. You know, you look back at those teams in Arizona, and they had guys who could hit a home runs, but how much lineup protection did he have in Arizona? You know, I, sure, A.J. Pollock was a good hitter. David Peralta is a good hitter, but, like – he was an MVP candidate without, like, huge producers behind him. It was all the people in front of him. You get guys on in front of him, and that changes how pitchers pitch to him. hey from PMW. What's up, brother? Uh, what does Kisner – when does Kisner get traded from Lucas? You know, Lucas, I don't know. Uh, I would think that he's movable and movable quick. And, uh, you know, Kisner would be an interesting person to go to Cleveland in a, a Lindor trade. You know, you would think – you would think Kisner, you know, I doubt they trade Dakota Hudson, but you think Kisner, Dakota Hudson, Tyler O'Neill, and Paul DeYoung get that deal done. Uh, Cardinals wouldn't do it. They don't have the balls for that, but that would get the job done. All right, so we are out of questions. I love this. So uh, I'm going to raise my glass to my pad people. Uh, thank you for being in here. Thank you for the questions. You pad people are the best. I love it. Stay tuned to Birds on the Black. So I think on Black Friday, Cards Cards is unveiling his card annals. Uh, which is about the history of the Cardinals, you're going to want to check that out. It is so good. Hey, Ryan, what's up, brother? It is so goddamn good. 
uh, you're in for a treat there. And I'm going to be starting to roll out my position rankings, rankings at Birds on the Black. Uh, Goff says, who is the best catching prospect in our system not named Kisner? Uh, it's Ivan Herrera. After Herrera, it's Julio Rodriguez. And then I'll leave number three uh, up in the air because we're going to go over that in the very, very, very near future. Um, uh, uh, the very near future over at Birds on the Black. Uh, check that out. Again, prospect rankings starting Black Friday. There are 75-plus write-ups on prospects. It's about 4,000 words, about 150 gifts, uh, 75 stat packages, nothing but information there. Uh, and again, so gifts tells me that we're going to start unveiling uh, the new product line from Prospects After Dark, whatever that means exactly. Uh, and we're going to be selling these again, these beautiful, ugly Prospects After Dark sweaters. We've got an awesome hoodie, which is the this logo right here, the iPad, I avocado pad. It'll be on the left breast with the, uh, the Prospects After Dark logo on the back. You're going to want to get some of those. It's awesome. So keep an eye on Cardinals gifts and all that stuff. What are my three favorite whiskeys from D. Ludwig? First, D. Ludwig, I'll think about it as I take a sip of my yellow label Four Roses. To my pad people, to my birds on the black people, I raise my glass. So what are my three favorite whiskeys? Are a little bit different than what are my three favorite bourbons, obviously. Uh, you know, I love... Well, any McAllen I'm on board for. I love all McAllens. Shout out to my good friend uh, Ryan there who got me a bottle of a 15-year McAllen. I still have about this much left, and I can't wait. <laughs> I need more scotch from Ryan. Ryan, I've got about this much left, uh, uh, and it's been a treat, and I am forever in your debt for that. Uh, I love any McAllen. Uh, Lagavulin, again, I had an amazing Lagavulin from Ryan. Amazing stuff. You know, I'm a simple bourbon drinker. Uh, I'll bring some tomorrow. That's hilarious. I'm a simple bourbon drinker. The yellow label Four Roses is enough for me. Like, I don't need anything fancy. You know, I love, I love Basil Hayden's. Like, I, I love Blanton's. I love Booker's. Like, I love all of those. But, you know, I, I'm really simple. You give me any of the Four Roses and I'm happy. You give me, uh, you go, uh, look, I, I love Scotch. You give me any of the Johnny Walkers uh, uh, and, and I'm happy. Ryan, I appreciate it, but I can't accept any more, man. I, I don't, I, do, I offer nothing uh, and I can't accept any more, man. You, you're too kind. One of the kindest people I've had uh, uh, the ability and, and the, the pleasure to have met. Uh, Goff78 says, if Carlos is not the fifth starter, who do you think steps in, Gomber Ponce or someone else? I would like for that spot to go to Ryan Helsley. Who's most likely, I would say, if he's healthy, Austin Gomber. Uh, th that would be my guess, just thinking about it off the top of my head. Maybe Jake Woodford. I'd love to see Jake Woodford get a fair shake in. I'm not even a big Jake Woodford fan, as you'll find out. Uh, too humble. I just really miss the Cardinal season. Me too, Jay Duda. Me too. Me too. So again, to all my birds on the black people, I, I, I uh, listed them off a little while ago. We are, uh, so the other thing about birds on the black is we are on Friday, we'll be our, uh, celebrating the beginning of our fourth year, the beginning of the fourth year of birds on the black, third year, third year of birds on the black. Uh, uh, and I couldn't be any more proud to be a founding member uh, and a family member of my Birds on the Black community. To Cardinals Gifts, uh, the godfather of Birds on the Black. Uh, uh, the, the coolest dude you'll ever talk to or meet or any of that shit. He, this is the greatest guy ever. And Chill, who does all the, some, of the, some of the work, too, with Stu Styles, who does the amazing game recaps. Ben Cerruti, who's doing amazing stuff. Card Cards. Cards Cards. Bruno, who's doing amazing stuff. Tara and Alex, who are doing Chirps, which is wonderful. we got to get you some Chirps merchandise. Check out Chirps. It's great. Uh, uh, Adam Van Grack, the Van Grack family, I love. They do the Law and Order. Uh, that stuff is amazing. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Uh, Dennis, uh, 
I don't think Chuck's with us anymore. I don't really know what's going going on. Zach Gifford, who I love with all my heart. Joe, who I love with all my heart. Uh, STL Cup of Joe. Uh, to all of my birds on the Black family, I raise my glass. You guys are incredible. Happy three-year anniversary. The next time I talk to you, we'll be uh, starting. We'll be two days deep into year three, probably, unless we do a pat on Black Friday. Keep an eye out for that. We'll see what happens. Uh, but to all my birds on the Black family, I'm privileged and proud to be a part of you. Uh, and thank you to everyone for listening and watching and being a part of our birds on the Black family. Let's see. We got a couple more questions. Uh, give me David Dahl from Sean Ewing. Yeah, I'd like for the Cardinals to bring in David Dahl, but I would, you know, that's where I get stuck. Is I've been following these prospects and these players for so long that I want to see Tyler O'Neill get a fair shake and Lane Thomas and Randy Rosarena. And while I think David Dahl could be like a difference maker, I just want to see what the Cardinals have. Uh, Ryan says, "Sorry, you've already answered this. Are you extending Yachty? What I've said about the Yachty situation is I want Yachty to go year to year." I do not want to give him two years. I do not want to give him more than one year past this year. Uh, if they want to sign him for next year, that's fine. It's whatever. He's going to sign for next year anyways. I just don't want them to extend him for multiple years. Now, is he? Absolutely. Yachty's going to play for the Cardinals as long as he wants, and he's going to play as many games as he wants to. Uh, if he wants to play 130 games and he's healthy, he's going to play it no matter how effective he is. Uh, remember, the issue with Yadier Molina is that if he's not healthy, he's not effective. We saw that during the 2019 season. Uh, but what would I do? I would go year to year with him. I, I'd sit him down. I'd say, look, Yachty, uh, for financial flexibility to make the team as competitive as possible for you in your final years as a St. Louis Cardinal, uh, I, we need to go year to year and adjust from there. Uh, and I would adjust from there, even if the reasoning and rationale I gave him was completely and totally full of shit, which honestly it probably would be. Uh, not the, no, gifts. it's the start of the third year, right? Because I've done these position rankings, this will be my third round of position rankings. So we are completing our second year of Birds on the Black uh, and beginning our third year. Let's see, cheers. Uh, does Tommy Edmonds start at third base next year? I think he'll get a bunch of starts, but I think the opening day starter, unless it's a super tough left-hander, is Matt Carpenter. Tweets by Tom McEl. So yeah, that, that, that's what I think, tweets by Tom McEl. Hello, welcome to our little show. Argerner1031 uh, says, we need to crack open this McAllen 25 Sherry Oak sometimes. Oh, my God. Oh, I would gladly do that. That sounds amazing. Uh, so one more time. For all my birds on the black, all my pad people, a year to year with a lot of incentives is the way to go with aging players. Love the Wainwright contract. Yeah, and Jake Dudon nails it. Like, that's what I would push for in regards to Wayno. Like, uh, the template that you had with, with, uh, with Yachty uh, the template you had with Wayno should be followed by Yachty. You should go back and grade your prospect rankings from three years ago. That's a great, that is a great idea, JT, uh, Vonderhaar. I promise if I can find time to do it, that's exactly what I'll do the week after we get done. I love that. I think at the time, we did the top three at every position and then the top five starting pitchers and the top five outfielders. So that's a lot of fun, too, because the, the situation has changed. I love that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down regrade. Regrade, oh shit, grade prospects. Prospects. That's a great idea, TJ. I love that. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to raise my glass one final time to my pad people, to my bot B people. Uh, it's a privilege to be a part of this as we begin uh, year three. And I should have known that because now we're in season three of Prospects After Dark. But as we, get, as we begin year three of Birds on the Black, I can promise you... Uh, that nothing but bigger and brighter and better things in the future. 
Aaron asks, Castellano, Castellanos or Ozuna, who you want? Now, they're both bad fielders, but I think Castellanos has stayed healthier for longer. And I think he's, uh, I think he's a better athlete, so i take Castellanos. Golf 78 says, who is the best low-level prospect no one has heard of but should know? Again, so Ramon Mendoza, keep an eye on him. He's 19 years old. You know, Patrick Romeri is 18 years old. He was a 12th-round pick in this past draft. Uh, you know, the guys like Victor Garcia, um, Carlos Soler, they're super interesting. You know, the, the problem with me is I don't really invest a lot into the lower levels. So, like, Chandler Redmond, uh, Pedro Pajes, like, those are – which, by the way, his last name is spelled P-A-G-E-S, Pedro Pajes. Uh, you know, they're really interesting. But the Cardinals have been really aggressive about getting the guys that have success at the lower levels up to the higher levels. You know, Francisco Justo is a really interesting name. You know, I've been a big Francisco Justo fan for a really long time. Uh, uh, great story there. He had a family issue. He was about ready to go to college, had a family issue, dropped out of college so that he could get a full-time job to help support his family. Uh, and now he's back to pitching, went to Monroe College. A super interesting kid, super great kid. Uh, like, those are just the names that come to my mind uh, off the top. Cabrera, big help in the bullpen next year. Seemed much improved at the end of the year. Love the arm. From D. Ludwig. So, uh, Hennessy Cabrera is really interesting to me, too. Because, you know, you'd watch him at AAA and he'd get lit up, but his arm would be electric. I think the issue with him is the issue that we saw at the major league was the same at the minors where he tips his pitches. He changes the way he throws pitches and hitters catch on to that stuff right away. And when he's doing that, he's getting beat around. Uh, so, yeah, I think he could be a valuable bullpen piece. I think he could be a valuable starter given the opportunity if Carlos Martinez doesn't get a chance to get his health right. Do you, uh, do you do the same thing with Fowler as you did with Leak? I would. But the issue is I don't think there's a team in baseball that would take on the Fowler contract, not without giving up a bigger contract in the process. Remember, the difference between Mike Leak and Dexter Fowler is that there is always a market for pitching. There's almost always a market for pitching. You know, teams will take on a guy like Mike Leak uh, uh, because you can never have enough innings. You can never have enough pitchers for enough innings. Dexter Fowler is a different situation. You know, he's a league average outfielder. Uh, most teams have that guy in their minor league system. So it's harder to trade a guy like Dexter Fowler than it would ever be to trade a pitcher like uh, like um, Mike Leake. Cardsfan022 says, is Helsley better for rotation or bullpen? So that is that is a double-edged sword. Is he better for the rotation or the bullpen? To me, it's a wash. He's an elite arm, a potentially elite arm, that would be good for the bullpen or the rotation. I would love to see him in the rotation. I think he would be a great rotation piece. I think the Cardinals view him as more valuable for the bullpen, and maybe that's more important than what I think. Uh, Golf78 says, sorry if you've already covered this, but when does Herrera make his MLB debut, in your opinion? I'll say 2022. He'll spend nearly all the year at Springfield, all next year at Memphis. Uh, was the question? Hold on. Uh, does he make his MLB debut? Maybe September of 2021 would be my guess. All right. Uh, oh, uh, Jay Hart. Hey, Jay, Jay Hart, what's up? Jay Hart sent me a bottle of booze, too. Anyone see the uh, anyone you see the Cardinals taking in the Rule 5 draft? Now, I promised Ben Cerruti I would dig into the Rule 5 eligible players. I have not had the opportunity to. Uh, uh, the uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm just going to say I don't right now. And remember, they're at 40 men. They'll have to have at least one guy off of the 40-man on the 40-man roster uh, uh, by December 2nd in order to select somebody on the Rule 5, which I think is December 12th. So just keep an eye on that. But, uh, you know, other than Cody Sedlock from the Orioles, I only got alphabetically to the Orioles when I was looking at the list. And Sedlock's interesting. You know, he was a former first-round pick, throws in the mid-90s, 
has pretty good command of a couple different pitches, uh, and was hurt, and that's why he only pitched like 90 innings last year. Sedlock would be interesting, but other than that, I don't have a name for you. Uh, Jay Duda, Jay Duda too said, surprise Waka hasn't been re-signed yet. I hope for the best for him. I do. We do hope for the best for Michael Waka. I'm not surprised he hasn't been signed yet. I think his agent's probably telling him it's best to watch the market develop and adjust from there. Ryan says, when do you think the pitching lab will pay off tunneling and whatnot? Uh, they're building one right. So when we were at, uh, uh, Cardinal Blogger Day, I asked Mo that question and Mo said that, uh, they were building it. It was supposed to be built, uh, uh, and they were going to begin breaking ground in August. It should be ready in spring training. When do I expect to see, uh, uh, the fruits of that labor? My guess would be like the first round of prospects that make their way. So, you know, maybe some of the collegiate level pitchers, uh, uh, maybe a year, two years. It just depends on which pitchers are really experiencing and appreciating the, the, the lab itself uh, and which are learning from it. You know, I, I think if you get a rehabbing pitcher down there, someone who starts the year hurt and like Alex Reyes could learn a lot from that. It could be big for him. And that could be immediately if Alex Reyes gets healthy, Austin Gomber, you know, those guys, they, they could end up uh, paying immediate dividends, but when does it pay off in the long run? Uh, probably I would think two years down the line. That, that's my guess. But it depends on who the players are and uh, how willing they are to adopt the, the philosophies of the pitching lab. Are the Reds the most advanced with the labs? You know, I don't know. I've read that they are. I know that they've been advanced about bringing on analytics staff. I remember Kyle Body is a part of that now. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that they're pretty advanced. But, like, comparing, I, I really don't know. All right, that is it for me for Prospects After Dark. Uh, you guys are the best. The bot feed people are the best. Uh, to three years, uh, to the beginning of the third year of Birds on the Black, I raise my glass. Uh, to my prospects after dark family, I raise my glass. Uh, to everyone, I raise my glass. If you're listening to this or are watching this, you are part of the resistance. And that's all I got for you tonight, fam. Uh, <laughs> Love says he misses the squinting. Derek says love you. Love you too, Derek. Cheers to everyone. Again, if you watch this or if you're listening to this, you're part of the resi the resistance, the resistance. A happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, if you're lucky enough or fortunate enough to spend Thanksgiving with your family, I hope it is drama-free and excitement-free and turkey-filled or stuffing-filled or whatever food you guys digest. Uh, no judgment here. Food's delicious of all shapes and sizes and kinds. Uh, I hope everyone has a merry and happy Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Uh, please turn in. Please tune in. To Birds on the Black for my prospect, my prospect rankings. I'm not drunk. I just can't talk. Uh, for my prospect rankings, we're going to have podcasts for that, too. Uh, but for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I am forever in debt for the continued support. I love all of you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. And forever and for everyone, happy hunting.